for the Faith FM Breakfast Show with your hosts, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning. It's actually Blake and Lawson. Lyle is probably underneath the house working on some plumbing, doing the kitchen stuff. Lyle, shout out you know to what? you. You know what? <laughs> Lyle is taking his long service leave. And during this time, we've been saying, oh, he's been fixing that kitchen. But potentially as well, he could just be off the holidaying and doing like really. Well, he could, except I went over there and the dude is underneath his house covered in dirt and spiderwebs yeah, and cobwebs while his we dog's leave, barking at him but fixing then, water mains. But then we leave. We're not there to see what he's doing. <laughs> like no, like he's only doing that when I show that's up. That's right. Uh, you or Shell. <laughs> but like when we're out, then he's like. He could be, he could be decorating Christmas trees dude, for all we know. <laughs> he could be jumping on a, you know, 30, 30 minute flight. Or one hour flight down to Melbourne or something, and just be hanging out down there, and then coming back before. I personally don't think Lyle's going to go to Victoria. I don't know why. Okay, maybe it's Brisbane. Little, okay, there we go. Brisbane, okay, yeah. Go. He's like up in Brisbane hanging out, and this whole time we think he's hardly like well hard working on the kitchen when he's actually hardly working in okay. vacation. This is the Lyle conspiracy. <laughs> conspiracy theory, Lawson. What are you grateful for this morning? <laughs> um, I I. I had a really good run yesterday. Oh, yeah? I've been doing my runs. Um, yesterday, I did a 9K, and my pace... If you're if you're slower than six minutes, a kilometer, that's like a jog. If you're faster than six minutes, it's like a run. And I was, like, faster, which is... It's, like, the furthest I've run and, like, the fastest that I've run on the furthest I've run. So, it's... I, I don't know. I'll Maybe I'll explain that later. But, essentially, <laughs> I was just really pleased, and I was like, wow. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. With Blake and Lawson, who's about to reveal some secrets to us through the quiz. That's right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Correct. I'm, I'm, like, I'm starting getting nervous. I'm, I'm like, <laughs> you better be. These oh, secrets are oh, live okay. on the air. Uh, when Jesus said to love God with the whole heart, soul, and mind in Matthew 22 and verse 37, he was quoting what Old Testament Ooh. book? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer wow. to that one. If you do, you will get into the draw to win Advent and Advent for Kids, an amazing set of essentially December devotional books going over the Advent, the first coming of Christ. And now I always say this, I say this every day, but I want to say it again. You know, here at Faith of Him, we don't believe that Jesus literally came in December because he didn't. Uh, I mean, being born in December. Uh, but we do know that uh, December is used as a time in which people celebrate the birth of Jesus. And it's a perfect opportunity for us as Christians to, yeah, celebrate it and let people know and, you know, talk about Jesus's birth. And that's what these Advent devotional books are all about. When we get closer to Christmas, I really want to unpack that whole thing. What do you mean Jesus didn't come in December? You know, I mean, I don't, I agree with you, but I'm saying, I think we should talk about that in December. When we get a little closer to Christmas, mm-hmm. we should really go, why is it December? What's the big deal about December 25th? What's, what's going on here? Why do we have to do it that day? Not all these, why, must, not, why not 4th of July? He also know? wasn't born in 180. <laughs> oh, that's. Very true and controversial as well too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So you know, there's a few things that are that are that's missing in terms of the the accuracy of Christmas. But that being said, 
we can still celebrate the birth of Jesus oh, of in course. that time. So if you 100%. want to win this book, 0491-064-669, it will be drawn on the show at the end of this week. And again, that question was, when Jesus said to love God with the whole heart, soul, and mind, in Matthew 22 and verse 37, he was quoting what Old Testament book? Apparently, Blake knows I it. He's just pointing, had a light bulb he's moment. pointing to his big head, Boing! and he's like, yep, I, I, know, I know what's I up. I know what's up. One of my favorite authors of the Old Testament. Oh, books. there you go. Oh, if you know that, then you know the answer. <laughs> what do you know that's happening in the news today? Okay, I'm going to talk about animals this morning. Ooh. I love animals. Okay. Like, they're just great. You were doing nature yesterday, now was, we're doing animals. Yeah, yeah, we are talking about nature yesterday, now we're talking about animals this morning. And this is all preparing us for COP27. That's right. Good idea. Okay, so, pandas. <laughs> I love them. Pandas, cute, silly, you know, goofy. I love how pandas express themselves. Have no ability to fend for themselves. <laughs> chubby. That's not true. I've seen a panda swipe somebody pretty hard. One chubby. Uh, don't need help reproducing for some reason. You know. Yeah, that part's weird. Yeah. They're, they're, what's, what's the deal here? They're, they're struggling a little they're bit. like bamboo and chill. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> correct. Correct. But pandas... Do have you know because people look at the panda and they're like, oh, they're cute and they're rare, but you know what are, what are they really doing for them? So you know, look at a gri- you look at a grizzly, that thing's running around the there forest, and, yeah, getting it done. It's like oh, pandas. Pandas are achieving diplomacy. Ooh. Did you hear what I just said? What pandas are achieving diplomacy? Ambassador pandas. That's right. Essentially. Okay. Well. Not really, but kind of. Okay, so this is how it went down. So in Taiwan this week, uh, there is a pair of uh, Chinese giant pandas who live there. One of them is named Tonton, which is so cute. Now, Tonton, uh, he is just like one of the stars of the show in terms of the zoo there. He's big and fluffy and cuddly Who's who in the zoo? and cute. Um, but then he started to become like lethargic, which is saying something because pandas are usually... Pretty lethargic. When, when you when you're a, a panda, and then people start going, he's a little bit lazy. Yeah, it's real bad. It's real bad. <laughs> so he's 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 a you know a little bit lethargic, and they're like, man, what what's going on with this what's guy? What's the deal? And they start doing some medical checks on him, and that leads to an MRI. And unfortunately, it was revealed that Tonton had a brain tumor, oh, a Tonton. cancer on the brain, which is incredibly. Unfortunate. Now, being a panda and being an animal that's very rare and very expensive, then it's like, okay, well, let's let's try and do something about it. Get and, Ben Carson in there. Well, who did they get in there? And I said, this panda is achieving diplomacy. These pan these people in Taiwan, they're like, who can we reach out to? These panda people. The who who can we reach out to that knows the most about operating on pandas? <laughs> Chinese specialists. And so Taiwan, Taiwanese people are bringing in these Chinese specialists to come over and to assess their panda and to, they've, they've brought them over and to look at the panda and to help them out. Now, if you are following the political situation of China and Taiwan right now, duh, duh, duh. you would know that it's pretty rocky and it's pretty, there's lots of, there's lots of tension there, but this panda is solving the problem. Wow. Not completely, but uh, you know, it's. I think it's amazing. Like they've, yeah, they've got these Chinese specialists to come in. These, you know, animal veterinarians and brain doctors and whatnot. They've come over and they're having a look at Tonton and trying to help him out. Uh, Tonton has a mate named Yon Yon. 
which is cute. Tauntaun and Yanyan yeah. just hanging out. Tauntaun uh, and Yanyan. They've been in Taipei since 2008. And actually, after doing their scans, after, you know, they haven't opened up for surgery yet, but they've actually been seeing that the brain tumor has been regressing. Ooh. And nice. And so it's going in the right direction. If there is need, they'll open that thing's brain up. You know, open its skull up and 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 work on it, which you know we do with humans. So we probably most definitely have the ability to do with pandas as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, this is a this is a very sad story. It might story, be harder story. to do surgery on a panda because so many less surgeries on pandas have occurred. Yeah, oh, 100%, yeah. I'm just thinking, like, well, we've had a lot of, you know, practice with humans for a long time, yeah. but pandas relatively have kind of just been in the wild until most recently. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, they've got a head, they've got a brain and a skull. It's a, we big, have, old, it's a big old head. It's uh, a big old skull. We've got all those things, so I'm just going to assume that, <laughs> you know, there's a little bit of, uh, yeah, cross, you know, like, they, they can use the skills from humans to get into the panda. Uh, yeah, probably a little bit. But I, I don't know, man. Like, pandas would be and problematic pandas, and pandas on have, the operating table. Pandas have died as well. So, they've, you know, definitely gone through and looked at don't the... tell me that. Don't the, talk to me about that. That makes me sad. They've looked at the anatomy of pandas and they've, you know... Yeah, true. You know, they've, they've got... They, they, they know what pandas look like. Let's, I hope Tauntaun pulls through. Yeah, we do. Yan Yan will be so sad if he doesn't. So upset, yeah. <laughs> Yan Yan will be so upset if Tauntaun doesn't come home. So, so the, but the real story here is, you know, Taiwanese crew yeah. is inviting the Chinese crew. Yeah. This is like West Side Story all over again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially. It's essentially the same thing going on. Yeah. Uh, but but in Taiwan. That's uh, right. And pandas with brain operating surgery. So really nothing at all like it, but yeah. you know, similar. In some way similar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, in some other animal news, one of the biggest no-kill shelters in the United States has opened in the state of Alabama. Al- really? That's, That's right. like the last state I would think a no-kill shelter would open. That's right. In Alabama. In Alabama, yep. The Alabama. The. the. Wow. Okay. (laughs) It is the home of 5,000 dogs per year. It's located in Macon County, which is... Macon County. It used used to be a place where they bred uh, greyhounds and, like, racing dogs and whatnot, and they would train them up there, but then they said, no, let's not do that anymore. We don't do that no more. They're just there looking after... These cute, amazing dogs, and five thousand of them, not killing them. I know that's crazy, which is good because dog pounds and you know some certain organizations who claim to be standing up for animal rights, Peter, um, kill a lot of animals. So, well, bro, you're calling Peta out on killing animals right now? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Wow, power move. Yeah, they're like the, they have like an eighty percent kill rate. Really? For all the animal, yeah, yeah, like no joke, Peter, like that Peter, the one that's on Twitter, like making fun of Steve Owen's death, you know, like telling that's everyone terrible. that they should go vegan because they're bad people. They kill so many animals. I didn't even know that because they they don't have the backing. To Can someone fact check after. this kid yeah, on oh four nine one oh six four six six nine? Look into this. I want to know if Lawson's telling me the truth on air. Now, at the same time, like I, I think. A balance within nature is a pretty important thing. And as humans, we've been given dominion by God to, you know, to, to sort that out. And for example, like here in Australia, we cull kangaroos because they ruin agriculture. 
and they can overpopulate and that's just the way things go. Um, but yeah, these dogs who can be put in the shelter and then eventually, you know, like cycle through and find a home. It's really, really amazing. Right. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM positively different. We are live at the breakfast show with Blake and Lawson and Lawson has been fact checked by producer shell. Can you share with us? What happened? Yeah. What? What was the? What? what? Your your clout's increasing, here, uh-huh. Lawson. Yeah. What do we? What do we find? Lawson is correct. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> For the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. No. They openly. Um. Their their open admission is that that, that they do do that. Really. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Mm. And an incredible. What's all this protect rate. animal garbage? Yeah, that's right. It's it's a it's pretty contradictory. Hey, like it's like like I'm vegan, okay, and <laughs> and they're like go vegan or you are morally the worst person who's ever existed ever. Like you <laughs> you hate our planet and you are essentially Hitler. Like that's their deal. Wow. And then they're like, oh, but you know all those animals that we're saving by not eating, we actually then just like kill them later anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, Peter... Hypocrisy! Peter's a bit yikes. I don't like Peter. Wow. But, uh, hey, we have another question for the quiz. Yeah, I'm ready for that. Who said the word of God is like fire in the bones? Or fire in his bones? Mm. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text. If you know the answer, if you do, you'll go into the draw to win Advent for kids and Advent, these two amazing, amazing December devotionals discussing and talking about the Advent of Jesus Christ and his birth. Something incredible to reflect on as we come into the time in which we celebrate it. But again, that question was, who said the word of God is like fire in his bones? 0491-064-669. We are going to get into some crazy... United Nations COP27 news. But oh. even before we do that, I just want to give everyone listening, you are listening right now, this afternoon, uh, check out Looking Up. Oh, of uh, course. Our afternoon show with Danny and Sharissa, I believe. So now she's got a little bun in the oven. Is she going to be here on? Okay, no. Yeah. So I saw her and I was like, You're pregnant. <laughs> You're, <laughs> You're pregnant. You really are. <laughs> I did not say that out loud because I've learned over the years it doesn't matter. Even if a woman is giving birth, I will never say that they look pregnant. Like, in the moment. I'll just, nope, wow. I, I refuse. I saw Sharissa, like, last week, and I absolutely said that to her. Well, that's the difference between our years of experience, my I friend. said, okay, maybe, guys, <laughs> let me know if this is bad etiquette. But me and Sharissa are friends. I went up to her, and I was like, wow, Sharissa, like, you're really pregnant. Congratulations. Bad move. No, I feel like that's... I don't know. It's awesome. Not for me. I'm a I'm a delicate soul. I'm a big teddy bear. I just couldn't do it. I just feel like <laughs> you, you're looking great. And then th- when they confirm I'm actually pregnant, then I'll be like, "You are." That's no, what. No, but we know she's pregnant, dude. We like, know that she could have a drinking problem. Who knows? <laughs> no, she does not. She is the host of our amazing. I know. Looking she up. She's amazing. But I, I just, am, I'm very nervous to announce that anyone is pregnant because I've had some bad experiences, okay. like okay. some real bad no, that, ones. That's that's fair enough. But where you go, hey, wow, when do you do it? Like, I'm not pregnant. I'm like, ah. I want to run away yeah. right now. That's, that's pretty intense. Yeah, you don't want to do that. Trust me. I've been there multiple times. The worst is when you're with someone else and they say it Ooh. to the person. And then you're just stuck. You're just like. You're just like. 
I am being punished for the sins of how, my neighbor. Yeah. How about that cop 27? Yeah. Which is what we're going to talk about right now. Yes, please. <laughs> so uh, you just want to change the topic mm-hmm. when someone puts you in an awkward situation. United Nations Secretary General Antonio Guterres has issued a bold accusation to those at the annual United Nations Climate Conference declaring that climate change has the world speeding down a highway to hell Oof. as world leaders frame the fight against global warming as a battle for human survival. During opening speeches at the Conference of the Parties, or COP27 Climate Summit, which happened in Egypt right now, he says, humanity has a choice, cooperate or perish. And I actually agree with that, but maybe not for the reason Mm. that he is trying to say. Mm. Mr. Gutierrez uh, told delegates urging them to accelerate the transition from fossil fuels and speed funding to poor countries struggling under climate impacts that have already occurred. This is a crazy thing. There's a thing happening right now that that poor countries are now saying that because of your climate change uh, rules – you're responsible for these climate disasters. Mm. Now you got to pay us to fix these problems. That's a wild thought. Oof. That's a really wild thought. So basically, now other countries have to pay other countries when, let's say, if there was a, you know, a tsunami in Sri Lanka that happened a little while mm. ago. You know, things like that. Now these countries are saying that other countries are responsible for this. And they need to pay for reparations, Mm. which is pretty crazy. Leaders from African, European, and Middle Eastern nations alike issue stark messages set, um, which set an urgent tone as governments began two weeks of talks in Egypt for this COP27. This is what I find so, it's not funny, but it's a little hilarious. Immediately after Mrs. Gutierrez's speech, so he's the general secretary of the UN, urging an end to the fossil fuel era, United Arab Arab Emirates President Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed al-Nahya, and I Uh probably said that wrong, I Uh apologize. If I did, text us at 0491064669 with the proper pronunciation. Mm -hmm. Uh, He takes the stage and said his country would continue to produce fossil fuels for as long as there is a need, stating the UAE is considered a responsible supplier of energy and it will continue playing this role as long as the world is in need of oil and gas. Again, more ironic, next year's UN conference, COP28, I would assume it would be called, will be hosted by the UAE. Mm. It will attempt to finalize agreements made last year in Britain at this year's Egyptian talks. Now, I don't always agree with Greta Thunberg. Mm -hmm. Actually, I... Never do, really. Mm-hmm. But when I do, it's usually about how fake politicians can be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. Greta, I definitely don't agree with everything that you're saying, but on this one, I do agree. Because she has some comments to say about COP27. She, uh, This is actually on, uh, I, I don't know the show of that, actually, at uh, 7.30 a.m., like the Sunrise Show or something okay. for Australia. She She's uh, talking from Sweden. She says... Wake up and treat the climate emergency like an emergency. Mrs. Thunberg issued a warning to Australians who are relying on politicians. She says, it seems like many people in Australia think that now we have a new government, everything will be fine. She said, addressing the annual UN Climate Change Conference, or COP27, just started in Egypt. Of course, that is very, very far from true. 
Agree, Greta. I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. The latest analysis by the United Nations found there was no credible pathway to limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees of warming. So that's like the goal, to get there by 2050, mm. limit it by 1.5 degrees. And they're saying, ah, it's not actually real unless every single country is zero emissions. Mm. Right? And according to Mrs. Thunberg, Mrs. <laughs> Ms. Ms. <laughs> Ms. Climate summits serve as an opportunity for big polluters to greenwash themselves yep. using PR tactics and communication strategies disguised as politics. Uh-huh. The way that COP27 would, for me, be considered a success or a step forward would be that more people realize what a scam it actually is. Yeah, a, a couple examples of that. Firstly, uh, it's sponsored by the biggest sponsor of COP27 <laughs> is Coca-Cola. Really? Which is... Well, uh, definitely polluted to our health. We've talked about this on the breakfast show before. Definitely polluted to our health, but also to the planet as the biggest manufacturer of plastic bottles in the world. Which, like, plastic pollution, like particularly in the oceans and whatnot, is is uh, in in my opinion, it's like one of the most pressing climate matters that there is. Because, and you can see it. Like, you you could just look at it with your own eyes. You know, people people talk a lot about like there's a lot of different sides to the carbon argument. And the global warming argument, but plastic pollution, bro, you can just see it. And yeah, it's like the biggest sponsor of COP is twenty seven is the biggest polluter. I, I would, I would just say the whole thing is a scam. Yeah, Greta, even, totally agree with you on this one. It's a scam, but I love scam, what, scam, scam. I love what she said about the Australian government as well, because under the Morrison government, it was actually we were dissuaded from going to COP twenty six because. We just are fully reliant on coal here here in Australia, and it's one of our biggest industries. And Scott Morrison had no plans to really change that. In fact, they were setting up more coal mines, and they were like, "All right, like you know, don't come." And now, under Anthony Albanese, essentially, he's not going to COP twenty seven. You know, he a lot of his election promises was you know the 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 destruction of the coal mining industry or whatever, or the responsible um, you know reinitiating of energy here in Australia, which also isn't happening. He's not even going, you know, how can we rely on politicians? We can't. You're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith FM, positively different. Alive here on faith FM with the breakfast show with Blake and Lawson. And we have some two things before you do the quiz. I just want to say, I actually got distracted with Sharissa's pregnancy. What I was trying to say is we have our show, Look Up, with Sharissa and Dan Milinkoff, Danny Milinkoff, and they're going to be talking more in depth about COP27 this afternoon, and they're going to dive into some nitty-gritty details, maybe some conspiracy theories, if, you, if you're if you really lucky, if you're really holding on to that, and then uh, kind of helping us understand what's going on with COP27, why it's important, and why you should know about it. So that's this afternoon. Shell, what time is it again? 3.30. 3.30 this afternoon, New South Wales time. Now you can do the quiz questions. All right. What was the name of the priest that Hannah brought Samuel to live with? Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call. You can call and text that number with the right answer and go in the draw to win Advent for Kids and Advent, these two amazing December devotional books that talk all about the Advent. But again, that question was, what was the name of the priest that Hannah brought Samuel to live with? 0491 064 
669. That just reminded me when I, what I said earlier about Charissa as well, too, because mm. this priest makes a comment about this woman's drinking issues, which she didn't have. <laughs> just like Charissa doesn't have any as well. <laughs> and speaking of issues, possibly drinking issues as well, too, we have Jennifer Skews to help us talk about some bad habits. Is that right, Jennifer? Yes, it is. It's about how can you change your mind, literally. So, because uh, we've sort of done talking about like with addictions and we need grief and loss and acceptance, but it's a, it's a mental or mind dynamic. So, understanding how to actually rewire, reprogram the brain is so important in us, our well-being and being able to live in the present, be able to deal with anything in our life is how the brain is programmed and how we think. Um, God has given us an incredible brain. And when you think back to creation, it would have been absolutely perfect, in perfect balance. I mean, our brain has and our mind has deteriorated, as we know, due to sin. Yet we still have an amazing brain that can um, change itself when we use the right skills or knowledge. Because when the brain understands how it works, it works a lot smarter. Okay. So... You're saying that my brain has the power mm-hmm. to, to change its opinion or to change its mind about certain things. Because sometimes I feel kind of powerless. i got to be honest. Yes, we do. We get stuck in a habit and we do it over and over again and we feel we're controlled by it. Yet in actual fact, with the right tools and understanding, we can actually change and get from that habit and rewire it. Um, so a lot of the work I do is helping people to rewire the brain. So um, the brain and the mind work together and the brain is the physical organ and the mind is the really um, the expression of the programming that's in the brain. Um, we're born with about 50% of that program, the genetic programming habits and that, and then we develop the rest of it through experience, through the, from the moment we're born, the brain is being pruned and shaped and growing. And it grows till the day we die. We can change it at any time. Um, so we mustn't go too old. That's, that's an excuse now because they know, science knows that the brain can actually grow and change. The imagery that I'm getting right now is you're kind of uh, like uh, an electrician or, as we say in Australia, a sparky, like a neurological <laughs> sparky getting in there and rewiring the brain. Uh, Absolutely. How do you do this? Like how, how, what is the process of doing the whole rewiring? <laughs> Okay, the brain actually works on chemical messages as well as talking about electricity. It has electrical impulses. The brain runs on about 12 amps of electricity. Mm -hmm. So it has the energy and the power um, and the capacity. So what we need to do is be able to have a look at the initial input, which is the programming. So how were you programmed? Where was your programming from? Because we're all individuals. So where do you think, how was your brain programmed from the day you were born? How did that happen, do you think? Uh, uh, Probably my my upbringing, my parents, my community, my schooling, all of that. Absolutely. And your first input and the most important is your primary caregiver, which for most people is their birth mother, not everyone. Uh, But whoever your primary carer is, the attachment, or lack of attachment you have and the habits and beliefs they have and that social structuring is your initial platform for that change. So um, this is why it's so hard because it's 
subconscious, unconscious programming that we're trying to change. But when you identify the habit, and this is where it's sort of looking at what is it that I don't like about me? What is it I'm doing that I'm so sick of that I really want to change? So identifying what that behavior or habit is and then having a look at what do I believe about that? And what you believe usually goes back to childhood. Um, For example, a child that is told they don't have a brain in their head, they're a stupid idiot. If the child believes that, it will now put that thought in or that belief system in and then it will sabotage itself because it believes it can't learn. Wow. So one 10, 20-second message in your childhood can put in a a habitual pathway that you believe. But once you know that that's what you want to change, then we can look at how to do that. Now, I have people who've told me that they're actually highly intelligent people. They come along to sessions, say, oh, I'll never amount to much. I don't do much. I'm not smart. And they give you this. And I say, well, who told you that? Where did that come from? We go back and usually they identify. It could be a parent, a sibling, a anyone, we identify well, they were actually told that and they believed it. And then I go, well, what's the evidence? They've actually often been to school, uni, worked, had a good job, but their belief is that they're not very smart. Mm. So when you look for the evidence for that belief, often it's erroneous evidence or the evidence doesn't match what they believe. So it's it's then getting them to switch the brain because your brain is programmed with massive pathways of information. Just that one alone for someone. Uh, Another one is I'll never finish anything. And I had uh, someone in a group I was doing said, oh, I never finish anything. We're looking at beliefs. And um, she said, oh, it's true, I don't. (laughs) So she actually sabotaged herself because she believed she'd never finish it anyway. So why bother? Right. So... Yeah, so what you do is you have to look at the evidence, but there are things you have finished. And so you start to look at the evidence and look at the process of how can you apply that. Um, And it's like any learning process. The more you do it, the more that habit changes. So that free way of information connected to that belief, whatever it may be, you've got to get off the free way because you've repeated that message over and over again. How often, and I used to catch myself, oh, you're a stupid idiot, you're so stupid, and yet I was far from stupid, but that's what I would tell myself, and then you'd feel bad and your self-worth would deteriorate. So then I would say, well, why am I so stupid? I started to challenge it and realize that that's a message from somewhere. I don't even know where, but it wasn't true. It was, yeah, and so then I could keep challenging it and put in a new message. What I did was stupid. I'm not stupid, right, which is a different story. Right. So if I did what was stupid, what can I do not to keep repeating it? So then you start to look at ways of changing that thought path, get off of that uh, freeway, and what I call an exit road off the freeway in the brain that keeps doing that habit or that pattern. And then you keep repeating it, and it reinforces a new pathway the old pathway starts to diminish because it's a use it or lose it with the cells of the brain. So it's uh, it's picking that one thing to work with to put in the change process, reinforcing it. Um, sometimes you might want to go, well, where did that come from? Why do I keep doing that? And that's what I'll help people do is what we call fold the belief back and have a look at what was its origin. And often you can determine an original uh, event 
that might have put that fear in or that problem in. Um, and that's a relief for people. I go, oh, now I know why I do that. And when the brain knows, it works a lot smarter and that can deal with it. What, so it's, I want to talk about what you just said there about fold the what back? Fold, fold the, the belief, belief back. Fold okay. the belief back. Let's talk about that. What does that mean? Okay. So when I look at my belief, I was telling myself, which really wasn't true, that I'm so stupid. You're a stupid idiot. You always do stupid things. These were the messages. Well, where does that go back to? Why do I think I'm so stupid? And um, it really, I, I fold it back to um, peer, peer pressure and peer group when I was at primary school because they didn't want to learn and I wanted to learn. Therefore, I got personally attacked and I was given the wrong messages. So I believed that. Um, and when I realized that, I thought, oh, so some of the times I think I'm stupid might be around my peers, for example, because that's where one of the origins was. But I kept going, folding it back in the sense of, well, if I'm so stupid, why have I achieved so much? So if I've achieved a lot, that means I'm quite smart. So you keep folding it back. But I went back to the actual origins of right. where it actually came from. So, so we can actually we can fold it chronologically. We can fold it, you know, yes. through our accomplishments. We can fold it through yes. multiple different angles. Yes, yeah. So there's ways of getting to the origins of that belief. You don't have to. It's actually because you can only change it in the present. But I'm a bit inquisitive. I think, well, why do I do that? I like to know. And a lot of people do. Why do I keep doing that? I hate it. I don't want to keep doing it. Addictions are a prime example. And they often, when you fold them back, they go back to um, messages as a child, uh, models they had, so um, and the messages, because their father did and that was the message they got and that was the belief that kicked in. So um, the, 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 the issue is I'm not my father or I'm not the person that told me that on me and I can change it. So then we put in a new change process. Which cannot... Yeah, you know, which is not always easy. It can be a process no, for sure. Yeah. But when you do want to explore it, and what I call that holding back the belief, you ask a question, why? Who told me that? So you keep asking questions and answer the questions because it helps you to unfold that actual belief. Because we believe things, what I call mindlessly. You know, how often do you believe something? Yeah. Come on, earth do you believe that is not true. Like you're not because, fact check, you're not fact checking yourself. You're just like no. Yeah, that's how <laughs> are. yeah so maybe we need to start fact checking ourselves. That's a good way. That's that new term we've got now. Um, but when when you actually change a habit, um, you actually have to change the original or the belief, which is usually the original belief because this is what you actually believe in the present. And. Uh, uh, and some of them are hard to change. Certainly fear and anxiety and anxious belief is usually a future fear. And when you look at the origins of it, it goes back to something that happened back there and that person is now preempting it's going to keep happening. Hmm. It's, uh, Mark Twain had a saying I love. He said, I've been through some terrible things in my life and some of them actually happened. And it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Mark Twain's one of my favorite authors. Definitely one of my favorite um, American authors, for sure. He's got some amazing sayings that make me laugh and make you stop and think. And I often use that one is if I start worrying ahead of time. Well, hang on, it might never happen. Right. So, so what you're doing is getting the person to 
who has a fear belief of what's going to happen when they go to the supermarket, they're going to get angry. What am I going to do? What skills do I know? So instead of preempting it, they start working in the present because every time they think of it, they feel anxious. So giving them skills and tools where they get confidence. No, I can reduce my anxiety so they stop fearing ahead because if that happens, then this is what they have to do. They solve the problem in the present. So you're now changing a whole mindset around your anxiety and what might happen. I, and I think that it, it takes a process. Like you can't undo, you know, 15 years of a belief in a 15-minute session, what? right? Uh, yeah. It, it the, does take time. Or 50 years of a belief in a 15-minute session. It takes more well, time. So you pick a belief and work with it because then the brain maps the way you worked with it and it's a map now to work with the next belief. This is where the brain works smart again because now it's taken that belief and it, this is the, this is what we do to solve the problem or to to change that belief. So now the next one comes along. Let's work on that. And this is the, it's like having a map to work with. Right. So yeah. So the brain is very smart if we give it the right uh, maps or toolkits. It's it's able to continuously learn. Mm-hmm. And yes, it can, and it gets easier then. So it's, the first one is the hardest because you don't know how to do it. But once the brain switches on, those light bulbs come on and you actually challenge that belief and start thinking differently, then your feelings and your behaviors change as well. It's, it's uh, like a, a timeline. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining us here on Faith FM this morning. It's been an absolute blast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.